The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising, and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, At Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written through the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since you shall come, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly, and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word, that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out. And behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them, until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house they saw the child with Mary his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. Today we celebrate the Feast of the Epiphany, traditionally observed on January 6th, currently observed in our new calendar on the Sunday that falls between the 2nd and I believe the 8th. Either way you look at it, today is January 6th, and it's the Sunday that falls between the 2nd and the 8th. So in a double portion, we celebrate the Feast of the Epiphany today, a wonderful feast and an opportunity for us to come and to rest with the Lord and to do exactly that which the Magi themselves did. To be able to come into a door. The simple fact is that the Magi were men of faith who came seeking the child. They were actual men. I don't know if I had never heard it or if I heard it and just forgot about it. Either way, I was talking with a brother priest on Friday and we were talking about the the celebration of the feast and the, the things of faith and the celebration of the epiphany and the blessing of homes and blessing of chalk and various other things. And he said, Brent, I would love for I would love you know to, to be able to go and and for the Feast of the Epiphany to see and to venerate the relics of the Magi. And I said, The relics of the Magi? And he said, Yeah, they're they're in a church in Cologne, Germany. Hmm. We have the relics of the Magi. It's something that I hadn't necessarily thought of, but in so many ways, it's a reminder to us that what we celebrate is not just a nice composition that, you know, we three kings. It's not just a, a, a nice story. It's not just that, you know, that, that Matthew composed these individuals as a, a sign of people coming from, from all places. They actually came. They were actual men, and they had actual names. We can venerate their relics as saints of God, because indeed they are. And they invite us to join them as well. 
The Feast of Epiphany, the word epiphany means revelation. That's why whenever we have a, when we have an epiphany, go, ah, you know, it, something is revealed to us. It makes sense. We have an insight. And this is exactly what we have in a divine manner in the feast that we celebrate. That until that time, the Christ was, was to be known by the Jews. It was the Jews who were the chosen people. But on our first reading today, we hear about people who had come from far off lands who would come and they would bring their gifts to the king, to the Lord. And we see it fulfilled in our gospel. As men from the east, men who were Gentiles, who were not of the Jewish faith, come to venerate the king of the Jews. And they come with their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. But this we see in a sense kind of two revelations. One, the fact that, that God is revealed as Savior not just of the Jewish people but of all people. The Jews and the Gentiles, namely everybody. He's not just a specific God for a specific people. That in the person of Jesus, salvation reaches all nations. So this is the first revelation that the, 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 the veil is pulled back for everyone to see if they have the eyes of faith. The second revelation is the revelation of the gifts, because they reveal something not to, to other people, but they reveal something about the nature of God himself, about the nature of Christ, this child born in the manger. Gold for a king, frankincense for a god, and myrrh, the oils that you would do basically for the, for the anointing of the dead. When they would pass, you would anoint them with this myrrh and various other aloes and ointments before you would wrap them up in their, in their, their cloth, their burial cloth, to bury them. Gold for a king. That makes sense. He's the newborn king of the Jews. Frankincense for a god. Seems kind of crazy to some people, but okay. It wasn't a completely foreign idea to worship a human person. They didn't understand that they were really worshiping the Lord God himself necessarily, but there they were. But then this, 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 this myrrh, a man whose entire life is colored by the reality of death. As we've said before, the simple fact is that all of us were born in this world to live. Jesus was born in this world to die. He's unlike us in that regard. His entire life was focused specifically on dying so that we can have life. And that's what the myrrh shows us. So we have these revelations that are coming to us about the person of Jesus. And they're wonderful gifts that all of us can use to continue to draw closer to the child in the manger. In the end, ultimately, we know that as, as Catholics, as Christian, the, the revelation of God is closed. It's completed. We shouldn't be looking for another gospel to come anytime soon. There's no more revelation that Jesus is going to come back a second time and give us more information. We're not going to have more clues or more letters or more anything of that nature. There's nothing new that will be revealed to us as Christians. It's all been given to us already. We can understand it more deeply. But everything that has been given to us on the nature of God and of salvation and of our place in it has already been given. So there's no further epiphany, in a sense, to the humanity. But there can be an epiphany to you and to me, individuals. A revelation 
of God himself. Because the simple fact is that God, as he comes among us, he, he comes as a child. Yes, he comes to, to reveal the things of the Father, to be the face of the Father, certainly. To give us the Spirit, yes. But most importantly, Christ comes among us to be able to increase within us and, and to, to sustain within us the relationship of us with God. It's about the relationship. And just as in any relationship, the more we know about a person, the more, the, the more is revealed about a person over time, the deeper our relationship gets. And the same thing happens with us and, and the Lord. Our relationship can deepen over time as the Lord reveals things. So if we, go, if we allow ourselves to go to him in prayer, there is much to be revealed about our own heart, about our life about our families, about our world, and even about our relationship with the Lord himself. The Lord longs to reveal more things to you and to me. We just have to be willing to do it, to actually show up and to do the things that permit him to be able to reveal them. I would suggest to you that there are three things that we can do separately, but they're most powerfully done when they're all done together. The first is to embrace silence. That's not necessarily a hard thing for us sometimes. I know many people love the silence of, of our community, whether it's being out in the field, whether it's being in the deer stand, whether it's being out in your boat, wherever it is. There are plenty of opportunities for us to have silence. And at the same time, in the midst of, of that opportunity for silence, sometimes we still find ourselves rather filled with noise. Whether it's noise from the TV always being in the background or always something on the radio or always just simply our schedule being noisy. That we're always going from place to place to place to place to place and we don't allow and we don't have the opportunity for that silence to be fostered within our lives. But we need silence because it's in the silence that we hear the voice of the Lord. It's in the silence that we hear the whisper that is the voice of God. God doesn't usually shout at us. <laughs> he whispers. And so we need the silence <clears throat> to permit us to hear him whenever he does. The second thing that helps us to experience this revelation of God for ourselves personally is to come to the church or to the chapel, to come in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament and to adore him, to sit in his presence. There are many things you can do, but the most important thing you can do when you're doing it is simply to be present to him. To speak to him. The Lord Jesus who is in this tabernacle right here is just the same Jesus who was in the manger 2,000 years ago that the Magi came to adore. He's the same Jesus that people came to and fell at, their feet, fell at his feet and walked away healed. It's the same exact man. He just looks a little different to us. But it is the same Jesus, the same God, born for us. And he longs to have this relationship with us, just as he longed to have his disciples around him, just as he longed to have people with him day in and day out. So also he longs to be with us, to have us come and rest with him. We can sit in the silence, we can talk, we can listen, we can pray various prayers, we can pray a rosary or chaplets. But I would suggest to you to th that the third piece would be the most effective piece for us as we come to rest in the presence of the Lord and enter into the silence would be to read the word of God. 
to read the Bible. Now, I know that I've heard from individuals from you know, places and in, in various places at various times in the past where they were told by their priests or they were told by a religious brother or religious sister explicitly not to read the Bible because they might misunderstand it. They might go off track or something to that effect. To that, I simply say it's foolishness. It would be akin to saying, Jesus is over there talking, but don't go listen to him. You might misunderstand him. (laughs) That's crazy. Because the word of God is the voice of God speaking to you and to me. And this is why we need to read our scriptures. This is why we need to have our Bibles. Not just as a nice family heirloom, but something that's page through. Maybe has notes here and there on things to reflect upon. Favorite passages highlighted, something well used to show that our relationship with the Lord is a frequent one. And we continue to have contact with Christ. To pick up the Gospels specifically, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and to be able to read from them is basically to put yourself in the presence of the Lord. It's to be there sitting at the feet of Jesus, walking along with the crowd. Sitting there listening to his words. It's to be there. And to know that he's speaking not just to to other people. He's speaking to me. He's speaking to me. These are the things that the Lord desires of us. And if we allow ourselves, incredible things will happen in our life of faith. To come to rest in the silence. To sit in his presence. And to listen to him speak. It's a rather simple thing. It just takes our willingness to do it. A little bit of effort. But how worth it will it be? When just like the Magi, we can come and we can kneel before him. We can take whatever gifts it is that we have, that we possess, and give them back to him. And rejoice to behold the face of God.